Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. From tactical analysis to player updates. We've got you covered on all the latest news on Las Aguilas. Now, let's start the show. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Eagle Eye Podcast. We're here to talk all things Club America in English. The Liga MX is back in action, and we'll get you guys covered with everything going on in the game around uh, Atlas and America on Sunday. And to help me preview that and talk all things America, it is none other than the original, the main man himself, everyone's beloved cowboy, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are you, my friend? Drum roll, drum roll, please. I am back after so long. <laughs> Super how many days straight to work? work? 26 before I got a day off. So. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> wow, you went almost a month there, my friend. I know. I was, I was counting them, and I thought I was going to hit 30, but got lucky. Had a four-day oh, weekend. A, there you go. Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, you know, glad to have you back on. Excited to talk America. Um, I mean, what, give us a little update on you. What, what was for breakfast? Breakfast today, um, I actually went to go get a concha and uh, some some cafes. Um, my friend, she has like this like little pop-up coffee shop. And mm-hmm. uh, she makes the coffee like um, like uh, Mexican flavor. So like she makes like a gancito. She makes like a churro like coffee. Okay. And like it's so freaking good. And I got a churro this morning with my with my uh, concha. All right. Well, that sounds like an awesome breakfast. And I just had some green tea and a bag of hot Cheetos. So, I mean... I think yours what, sounds like it definitely won. What a great start! A bag of hot Cheetos, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know what? I was like, why not? Let's let's just let's kick things off with a bang. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, got me through the day, and it sounds like you got yours got got the job done as well. So shout out to your friend for uh, the amazing work right there. So yes. Well, uh, Dylan, it's been a while since me and you have talked. I think last time me and you talked was in. Review to the game against Puebla. Oh God, was it really? <laughs> yeah, it was about a month and something ago. Um, so obviously we haven't yet to sit down, but we're very much active. We're always talking on Twitter or texting each other in regards to America. And let's, I just kind of want to pick your brain just quickly because I know the guys. I know Chris and Christian did a good job at kind of recapping the game against Nashville, kind of the ending and overall summing up the tournament. I mean, I just want to pick your two cents about it. I mean, how would you classify this tournament, right? Which is ultimately kind of a glorified uh, preseason tournament, in a sense, if you want to put it that way. Although Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's a lot of fans still aching in the way that we ended up kind of exiting the league stuff. Yeah. um, Correct me if I'm wrong, you would have won or you go to the final, you get a, a Champions League spot, right? Yeah, you get a Champions League spot. I think if you qualify to the final, actually. Okay, so, um, yeah, I think that was the only big takeaway um, that I was kind of looking forward to whenever uh, America started in this tournament. Um, I think in some sense, and when I say this, I say this very loosely. I think if we would have made the final, you know, and obviously gotten the spot in in Champions League, um, I think it would have taken some pressure off. I wouldn't say a whole lot, but some pressure off of winning the league because, you know, we were already in, in 
in Champions League at that point. And so, you know, just kind of looking forward to that. Um, but overall, um, especially that national game, it, it's, it's still kind of a little bit hard to swallow um, a little bit that that loss um, for me. Um, you know, just seeing how the way the way things went down, you know, obviously watching it from a TV screen um, towards the end, you're just wondering, like, what the hell's going on? You don't really have that much of a good explanation. So you just kind of have to live with it. Um, yeah, I'm still kind of not necessarily hurting, but, you know, still kind of like. I don't think shook's the right word either, but like just kind of bothered by it. Um, but overall, I think looking at it, too, you saw a lot of good, but then you also I think we saw a little bit more of the bad of this team because you wanted to see more. Um, but I don't think we necessarily got it the whole time. I mean, you saw great things, don't get me wrong, but I, I think you just wanted to see this team produce more and obviously advance further until the brick wall that we just, that, that they just ran into. Well, I have myself there muted. I don't know what's going on. We've been having technical difficulties all day today. All right. So I apologize <laughs> to everyone watching and to anybody listening to this and was like, why was there such a big gap right there? Um, but obviously, like you mentioned, there's some stuff that worked, there's some stuff that didn't. And we'll get to that maybe a little bit later on in the podcast as we get close to previewing exactly what's going to happen against Atlas. Obviously, there's some questions and concerns around kind of the uh, the defense obviously being the main one. And then, uh, right, the trio, the attacking forward, right, with Henry kind of being gone and being out for another two weeks or so, it kind of paints the picture as to whether or not Julian Quinones could do it at the number nine spot. And if not, who can come in and take that role? So like I said, some interesting things to kind of take into consideration, but like you mentioned, it's a bittersweet ending to this league's cup. It's definitely not the way that any of us anticipated America going down, especially after kind of a roller coaster of a game. Right. I think, I think I mentioned, it and I put it perfectly, um, when I was talking to you guys, I'm not mad at the at, at the penalty being recalled. I'm not mad at all that stuff. I'm upset at the fact that we shot ourselves in the foot, had the game literally one minute to go, and Nesar Araujo doesn't know how to finish uh, marking a player, and we concede. And I think it's very premature, and it's very cheap, and it's not uh, El Mas Grande way of doing things. And so it's obviously frustrating because I think that there was stuff that, you know, we could have benefited off of this. Imagine an America yeah. final against the likes of Messi. You know, it'd be a great test for us. You know, yeah. regardless of whoever. So, yeah, and I, I think, and I, think I think you kind of like you said it too. Um, um, with Nestor Rajo, I think it just kind of, he just kind of like smelts it, like he felt it coming from like a mile away, and then sure enough, there it was. Oh yeah, the minute he the minute he substituted him in, I was like, I don't like this. I don't yeah. like this at all. Nope. So, but, I mean, what are you gonna do? I don't think you live and learn either, considering you know. What other option do you have? So <laughs> No, and we'll talk about that because there is kind of concerns in the center back partnership. Obviously, Casares is out due to that broken nose fracture that he sustained against Nashville. And so we'll see who's going to step up. Although uh, for those listening and kind of one uh, spoiler alert, Nesor Araujo might not be available for this game either. So it's looking like it might be Emilio Lara painting as a starting center back. So we'll see. Still plenty to talk about. We'll get to that in just a moment. We kind of wanted to give our brief thoughts here in regards to Leagues Cup. And I think ultimately, I think we can say it was a disaster because of the way that we exited the competition. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make or break our season as of right now. I think later down the road, we'll see where we end. And of course, Harine is a little bit in a hot seat. I know a lot of fans are kind of starting to question him. So he really needs to pick it up and start, you know, 
building some traction in the league in order for those kind of criticisms to be a little bit more calm and more tame. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, def- I definitely agree. So, um, I, and like, you probably think it'd be, it's obviously an overreaction for me. I bet was it after the, uh, uh, the Columbus game, whenever we just decided to just like drop a, drop an egg goose on the scoreboard and we got lit up like four nothing. And I was like, yeah, how did this got to go? <laughs> so, yeah. No, I didn't like that. at I, all. Yeah, exactly. I didn't like it absolutely whatsoever. Uh, Midwestern Cholo saying we finally going to see Lara as center back and we'll see. We'll see. Although everything does paint for that to be the case. We'll talk to you guys in a little bit as to why that is a situation. But um, ultimately, Dylan, I think we can agree, right? League's Cup, it was a fun experience at one point and it was a terrible, terrible kind of bitter ending for America at the end. A lot of stuff to kind of take away. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that want to go into the officiating the travel and all that good stuff but at the end of the day as you know let's focus exactly on what happened on the pitch what were you able to do and what weren't you able to do and obviously america wasn't able to close out a game and that's why we are in the situation that we're in but um shout out to christian and shout out to chris who came on right after that nashville game gave us a wonderful wonderful recap of their thoughts in regards to this league cup competition um and so I highly recommend that you guys go listen to the previous podcast, listen to their thoughts, listen to the to what they're saying. Um, I think it's some really, really good stuff. And uh, shout out to them for, you know, hopping on and, and giving us some wonderful inside kind of depth and thoughts into what this League Cup meant for America and the exit as well. But all right, Dylan, League's Cup is over. That's behind us like a ponytail. And now we kind of focus and shift the directions to... The Romeo Santos concert at the Atlas Stadium. Did you see the images afterwards? What? How the pitch looked? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, dude. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> You're like, this where is he like... going with this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, wait, what are you talking about? But, but yes, no, I just, whenever I saw this one, I was like, man, like, this obviously, isn't going to end well. Obviously, the ladies paid the biggest price because it, um, their game was postponed. I actually got moved to the next day early yeah. at the training facility for Atlas because the pitch mm-hmm. was in terrible condition. Mm-hmm. So, Romeo Santos did a wonderful job of performing. I have no doubt about it, but he definitely left the pitch in, in a terrible condition, kind of giving us a vibe of what happened with Querétaro and thinking, okay, was this going to be another one of the situations where we have to wait yet another week? to play because of these terrible oh, I forgot about that I totally Get forgot it, about the Gerto game yeah yeah mm-hmm. which I have yeah. no idea when we're gonna make it up actually so ah and it and the worst part about it is this is a this is a midweek this is a double jornada coming up as well we have uh, a game in between I think it's again the Caxa I'll double check right now but I'm I'm just I feel like the calendar is very much squished and packed because of this whole league sub situation so the fact that we're already catching up again one game. Imagine having to do it with two games. Yeah, yeah, because that because you know that's going to be a midweek game for just to make it up, like a little oh, game, probably. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to have to be uh, thrown somewhere in between, and I think yeah. it's already been scheduled for Wednesday, September twentieth, for against Querétaro. So, I mean, still, like we mentioned, midweek game right there. So, we'll see what happens. But uh, obviously, the focus now is against Atlas. How do we come into this one? Do we have to take in consideration a lot of what League's Cup was, or do we kind of pick that up to like a preseason 
and think, okay, there was some stuff we liked, some stuff we didn't like, but we can't read too much into it as to how we're going to look like in the league? Or is there truth and value to this tournament in saying, okay, there's a lot of stuff that we need to fix because we didn't look so hot in that Nashville game? I think there's stuff that needs to be fixed, obviously. And, and you know, obviously... We'll talk about it too, but I, the big question mark going into this game is that center back partnership, obviously. Um, but don't get me wrong, I, when you hit on it too, there was a lot of good things that we saw that I think we can continue. But it's just like you said, you know, Henry Henry's not going to be there, so you know you're going to look to Quinones and to see what he can do in the ninth spot. Um, so that kind of leaves open uh, the left side. You know, obviously, obviously, does not not ready still, so you're probably going to put. Um, Brian out there and then probably on the right uh, Leo Suarez but um, you know it, I think uh, Harden has got to figure out too to the sense to where tactics lie with these players because you know Quinones and Brian aren't the same player um, I think Quinones obviously is, is different than Brian and then playing on the left and then you having Henry up top so there's going to be a lot of a lot of interesting things that you know I think they need to be changed tactically for things to work especially with the 11 that we're going to put out there. Um, but there's still some things, obviously, like you said, that needs to be worked out because this 11 is going to be completely different co- compared to 11. That's going to, that we're going to see in a month from now, because we'll probably have Henry back. We'll probably have Casares back and things like that. Um, and obviously like Pizzotti was not going to be playing this game. So, I mean, you know, even even by Wednesday, whenever or Tuesday, whenever that Nakaka game is, you know, it's, it's going to be a little different because you're going to put Pizzotti back in the, in the midfield. Yeah, a lot of moving pieces for Jardine. And I think it's yeah. a little bit unfortunate that we're in this situation because I feel like for the past couple of maybe one or two seasons prior, fitness-wise, at least our key players have done a very good job of being present, right? Tabasitas mm. is down, so we're probably not going to get him until maybe mid-September. Obviously, Henry's about another week, week and a half, two weeks. And then Casares, I mean, that could possibly take a month's time. We'll see what, what the evaluation with him. I think they're taking that week by week. Yeah. So it's it's definitely not going to be an easy task for Hardine to kind of overcome, but it's a good learning curve, I think, if he really wants to cement himself as the manager of America. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about team news in regards to this since we're already on the mix of it all. So you mentioned it. I think the biggest news is the center back partnership has a lot of questions and a lot of doubts as to whether or not it's going to be Nestor Araujo and Israel Reyes, or if it's going to be Israel Reyes and Emilio Lara. So a lot of it is pointing and painting for it to be Emilio Lara. I know that Jardine had been training with him in kind of that starting 11 uh, scrimmages. And so I think everything points for Lara to kind of be the starting center back. I, I don't even think if Nestor Araujo was fit enough. I don't know that he's married it to be like, okay, you're going to go out there and fill in this spot because you're capable. I think Karine, maybe I've seen enough of him, to be honest. I think he's cost us a couple of situations already. I think you see it against Juarez. You see it against Columbus. You see it definitely against Nashville. So there's instances, instances already throughout the season where he has fallen short of that expectation. And because of, you know, the hierarchy that he has, his experiences in Europe, his past, uh, you know, spells with the Mexican national team, you would think, oh, it's Nestor Araujo, but truth be told, he just looks a shadow of himself, and he's starting to be a player that, let's be honest, you would rather see on the bench, or not even on the team sheet, yeah. than to think, okay, 
you're definitely going to be uh, capable of securing the game for us. So that's the biggest question in doubt. And follow us on Twitter at Eagle Podcast so you guys are up to date with everything going on in the world of Las Aguilas in America. We're going to keep you guys up to date. Uh, we get a press conference, I believe, on tomorrow, actually, because the team will fly out, uh, I believe, either tomorrow night or Saturday. And so we'll probably get a press conference tomorrow and have a little bit more of an answer as to what's going to happen. So stay tuned with that. We'll keep you guys up to date. We'll keep you guys going. And, you know, do you ever miss those days, Dylan, where Bill Herrera would just give his starting 11 like a uh, day or two yes, before the I, game? I really <laughs> do, honestly. Just, just, just because, like, it made it, like, things a little bit easier to where, like, we could just, like, either overreact or just, like, oh, this is going to be perfect. And then, like, it turned out not perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I used to, I used to love it because whenever we started introducing um, game day graphics, yeah, I could, I could always, I could get that set up. Obviously, like a day before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if there was a last minute change, whatever's. But the fact that he would always kind of give us that lineup, it would be like, okay, cool, perfect. I can go in, set it up, and boom, makes my life a lot easier. Now yeah. I'm kind of just refreshing the page of League MX. I'm like, okay, come yeah. on, where's the, where's the graphic? Where's the graphic? Oh, yeah. So absolutely, absolutely, just uh, miss those days of when I, I wish Hadina would do something similar like that. But I, I know he's not because it's probably the most dumbest thing in the world to give your opponent like twenty four hours in advance to know what yeah, your exactly. is going to be. Yeah. So, but still miss uh, miss those good old days in that sense. Um, but yeah, we'll keep you guys up to date as to whether or not it's going to be Lara or if Nestor's going to be fit enough and Hadina trusting him enough to get the job done. Obviously, the other big note, Dylan, you mentioned it. Uh, Alberto Fidalgo will be serving his uh, second game suspension from the two-game ban that he got from uh, that Chivas game in the semifinal. I know a lot of people are probably okay. questioning as to why he was able to play against Puebla and not going to be playing against Atlas. I'm still trying to figure it out. The only true sensible kind of thing that I thought about is because the Querétaro game got substituted and got postponed. So because that was an away game, and this Atlas game is an away game, it kind of just kind of contradicts each other. I know that probably makes no sense, but in my head it does. I'm just kind of rolling with that. So no Alvaro Fidalgo for this game. Um, And I think the biggest advantage for this one is that there's no going to be no Federico Vinas that we may or may not register on the substitute bench, so we don't have to worry about forfeiting any points whatsoever on the table. So that's also a very good plus. Um, Another thing to note, uh, I know a lot of you guys are asking, When's the uh, when's the center back coming? Right, a, a lot of questions as to whether it's going to be Sosa Montes. I think that's already been killed and and put kind of to set in stone. He's not coming. It would be kind of a miracle to think that he comes. I know there's reports of Santiago Baños out in Spain trying to kind of secure the deal. Don't believe it. He's not there. I promise you. He's probably just he's probably just at home watching uh, La Casa de Famosos on rewatch. No, so, he's he's flying back from Barcelona right now. On the beaches. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's leaving before the tropical storm gets there. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's a smart man. Um, there's rumors that there's a couple of Brazilians in the eyes of this uh, team. Obviously, Cardinal wants people that he trusts, and obviously that's going to be Brazilian-based players. Again, will we get exactly what he wants? Probably not. But there is a kind of Silver lining here, Dylan, is the fact that there's money to be spent. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with the sale of Edson Alvarez to West Ham, 
we get a certain cut of that as well. So there's some money to play around with. And I think that's important to note because, and and we'll probably talk about this when the transfer window closes. I don't think I've seen an America budget so ample within the past couple of seasons where I think, okay, we actually do have some money to work here with before we were kind of scraping at the bottom of the barrel. And now we have a little bit of money to move around. It kind of makes me think, okay, let's see what kind of business we can get done. The Quinones thing, of course, and the Kevin out of this thing has been sensational. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's been good. Obviously, Quinones hasn't delivered as much as Kevin Alvarez has, but I think it's just a moment before he kind of takes off. Yeah, I mean, so, you see it. You see it though, and I guess, in a, and I guess, in a sense, like you know, that's good. But at the end of the day, you, you want results. You want you want goals or assists produced at the end of the day, and you know, we're not actually getting that, but you see it there. And so you're just hoping it starts to translate more and more as the season progresses. Yeah, no, I, I think he has to kind of adapt and, and play yeah. in the position he wants to, which is a little bit more towards the left, drift a little wide, pull some yeah. marks, run into space, open up the channels. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't necessarily want to be the one that he kind of receives the ball. You have to play off of him. Now he has to chase the play. That, I think that's yeah. what Henry does wonderfully. That's why he's such a great goal scorer because in those instances when the ball is being played in transition and he's kind of chasing that play, a lot of people kind of lose track of him and he ends up in the box kind of in the perfect situation to tap the ball into the back of the net. Obviously, Quinones is more of a player that's more driven and uh, uses and abuses that speed all day long. Um, and so I, I know they're two different caliber players and we've seen it in League Cup that the gameplay just isn't the same. But when we did see them both on the pitch, my goodness, did we have a absolute carnival with Henry and Quinones mm-hmm. out there against St. Louis. So mm-hmm. obviously fingers crossed that we can get that again as soon as possible because obviously that's the attack everyone wants to see. But in the meantime, we're stuck with uh, either Patricio Salas or uh, Mosumbito because right here Chris says, question for the boys, start Patricio Salas and move Julian to the left and, or keep Quinones at the nine. So he says, or Mosumbito. Um, I'm be honest with you. I I just it's a it's a big game for America. I don't think this is a time to kind of bring in the youngsters. If we're yeah. playing against Anacaxa, yes, of course, go for it. But you're going up against Atlas, who you know, yes, granted, has won one, draw one, and lost one, but look decent in League's Cup. So you know that they have something to offer here. And even though their squad has been butchered, they've still found a way to keep some rhythm. So I'd say. Keep Quinones on the nine, see what happens. And of course, give Brian Rodriguez a little bit more minutes in that sense. Yeah. Um, that's that's last, your best bet. No, I, I would assume that that is the case. Yeah. Here's a question for you now, Dylan. We'll move off. Last question here, and then we'll talk about the game itself. Sergio Ramos, did, did you, um, how can I put it for you? Uh, buy or sell? Did I drink the Kool-Aid? Is what you're asking? There you go. There you go. Did you drink the Kool-Aid? I did not drink the Kool-Aid. I was I, I was not I was not Christian. <laughs> <laughs> or Chris. <laughs> Although Christian was a little bit more uh obviously because it's Real Madrid, that's his boy, yeah. and obviously so is Chris, but I think Chris was a little bit more realistic, although he still had some hope in, in getting the uh, the deal done. AJ, I think from the beginning said no way, Jose. Um I didn't Obviously, a part of me wanted to to take the Kool Aid, but I, I just I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it happening. 
Mm-mm. Not because of the transfer sum. He obviously was going to come on a free, but the wages? Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous amount of wages that it would take to get Sergio Ramos. I mean, you're talking a player that, I mean, what did it come out that he said he wanted like $10 million, a mansion, and God knows what else. And maybe it's a lie, but I could believe that as well. I think he's a, obviously he's a very decorated player, World Cup winner, Champions League winner. For him coming to America, would I have loved it? Of course. I mean, who would have said no to Sergio Ramos? Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think this was the transfer window to do it because there is a lot of grab and pull right now from either the MLS or the Saudi Arabia League. And so for you trying to trying to throw your little dollar bills when they're throwing like 20s and 100s, it's just, you're not going to make any dents. No, um, no. And so obviously it's a different lifestyle too that Sergio Ramos would have gotten here than in, and then in the United States and definitely in Saudi Arabia, right? It's three different worlds, three different lifestyles. Not to say that yeah. he wouldn't like it here, but I think that he would have preferred to go elsewhere. And of course, his future is still yet to be decided. But one thing's for sure, unfortunately, America was not going to be the case. And who knows, maybe maybe in a different world where the transfer window wasn't going so crazy with the Saudi Arabia situation and the whole messy thing in, in MLS, maybe America could have struck a deal, right? $7 million a year yeah. would have been on, on a really good contract. I think that still would have taken most of, not all our money, but it would have made it work and you would have had Sergio Ramos. So, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think too, uh, Banos pulled like a, a FIFA manager and he realized, oh, we have all these funds. Let me put it toward the transfer budget. Then he realized, oh, I still need to pay players. <laughs> so he allocated it all <laughs> yeah. toward the right yeah, side. He's like, oh, wow. <laughs> he's like, none of these players are going to get paid for three months. <laughs> you know what? You know what happened? <laughs> it, uh, it was like if you're playing career mode and you went to Sergio Ramos and you went to scout him and it said player does not want to relocate, and so you couldn't <laughs> even try to make a bid. So <laughs> I think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, I think I so. Probably see that going. But hey, um, hopefully in, in another world and another day we can get to the likes of another Sergio Ramos. Because I'll still say this. I think America is the biggest club in North America, regardless whether or not you have a certain Messi in an Inter-Miami club. It's never going to get to the stature of America being America. So obviously there's some other factors that play into all of that because, you know, Messi also has all these Apple TV sponsor deals and Adidas and, you know, left, right and center deals. America wasn't going to be able to offer that much to Sergio Ramos, but mm. it would have been nice to believe. But don't get me wrong. I think America's days of bringing like big, big name players aren't behind us necessarily. I just think it's how well and how smart we work with our funds now. Yeah. And I'm okay with not throwing it all out in the first transfer window. I think you save a little bit, see what happens in January, and then maybe not waste all of it in January as well. Make a couple sales, and then maybe you have a really, really big summer transfer window. Of course, depending how the season ends. So that is. The Sergio Ramos news, Dylan. Sadly, we did not drink the Kool-Aid. Um, but we feel for our friends that definitely did. Although yes. Those, those two or three days where it seemed like <laughs> it was a possibility, Twitter was just something else, I'll tell you. Oh, man. Uh, the, this, the amount of, like, pictures you saw of just, like, him, like, photoshopped with, like, an America jersey on and everything. It's just like, Absolutely man, I, 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 remember, I remember I'd see them. I'm just like, man, imagine Ramos playing in America. And then I thought, not gonna happen <laughs> you i'd you, I'd look at those i'd look at those those photoshop pictures and i'd be like you know what the, the home kit doesn't look that bad really, Sergio Ramos really gives it more of an appeal 
Yeah. And then I'll, and then can you imagine, you know, just like Ramos here and then like he just wearing Calvin Klein and have like the medical logo like right here, you know, bottom left or something like that. And, oh, yeah. No, dude, it would have been perfect. I, man, America should have been a little bit smarter because we do have that partnership with Mercedes, I think, still. And we saw obviously have that partnership with um, Calvin Klein. So I think it it could have been worked. It could have worked, but it would have been tricky. That's for sure. But yeah. uh, Sergio Ramos, if you're listening to this, I mean, come come next year. You're going to love it. The size tech is like nothing you've ever seen before. And you're going to get tacos. What more do you want, Dylan? It's better than what did. There you go. It is. It really is. Uh, but um, let's go to a couple of comments right here saying, Chris saying, I did drink the Kool-Aid. Okay. We all thought about it. Um, AP Jr. saying, a part of me wanted him to come to America, but knew it wasn't realistic. And Mansion, give the Castillo the job with the bitch. <laughs> yeah, good job. Yeah, that was, that would have been perfect. Absolutely. Great job. AP Jr., I think, with the best comments so far right there. Um, saying, I think it's possible to bring big names, but all but it'll all be after the move from Europe, not directly from Europe. I think you're right there in that sense. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that's your club news and updates, transfer rumors as well. Um, obviously, there's a lot of stuff developing in the background, and we'll see whether or not uh, things develop in from here on out to the Atlas game. So we'll keep you guys up to date, like I mentioned, on our social media platforms. So make sure you guys follow us over, uh, mainly on Twitter, where you guys keep you guys up to date. Uh, all right, then let's talk Atlas versus America, Estadio Jalisco. Will the pitch be in good conditions? God knows. So fingers crossed that it's not terrible. But coming into this one, I think that there's a lot more added pressure to this game than I think oh, yeah. a lot of people aren't really talking about. America needs to catch up big time in the table. And not just that, but they need to kind of erase the memory past of the terrible game against Nashville. And I think the game against Columbus still haunts them a little bit. So yeah. there's a mountain to climb for Jardine. It's not a big one, but it is one that's going to have its obstacles. No, it's Everest for me, dude. Jardine has got to climb Everest. Almost there. Almost there. We're going to see a couple green boots along the way. But I just, I, I, if you're Jardine, how do you approach this type of game? Knowing that you already experimented in the League's Cup as much as possible. You saw what worked, and you saw definitely what didn't. I mean, how do you come into this game and really prepare your side to come out and take all three points? I, I mean, you, like you kind of said, like you got to go back and like realize, like, hey, like we got to erase this national game. We got to erase this Columbus game. I mean, even I think even you have to go back and look at the Juarez game. I mean, you were winning, then you freaking you concede what two in, in like five minutes? Was it was my right or wrong? But still, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you, you got to look at those games and realize that, like, these are three games that we didn't necessarily play our best. These are three games that, that should have been won, that weren't won. And you got to look at those. You got to still, like you said, keep looking at those good things because you can obviously build off the good things and, and do that for, you know, a good majority of the game. I would say 90 minutes, but it's hard to do that a, whole, a full 90 minutes, too, at the end of the day, to be honest. But like you said, there's a lot of added pressure because, you know, Besides having the game in hand because of that Querétaro game being moved, I mean, you're still down. I mean, I mean, if, if for some odd reason, you know, Repechaje or the Guia start of the day, you're not in there. And you, you know how bad that's going to look for, you know, Ardenan, the club, you know, whenever you're not competing for a title at the moment. So, like you said, there's a lot of added pressure. And whenever it comes to competing for this game and getting ready, um, 
this is the game where you have to throw your best out there. You know, you got to bring out your best in all in the in all all eleven players on the pitch, and you know whoever gets subbed on first two, they got to be ready to step up and you know start filling in filling, filling in the gaps if somebody isn't playing their best out there. Um, so I just really want to see a clean game. You know, I want to see players playing like they want to want to win instead of you know just sitting back, you know, or anything like that. But I think you look at these games that you struggled in the games that you should have won, especially like, like you mentioned, you know, the Columbus game, not necessarily the Columbus game, but you know, the Nashville game, my bad. And you know, the Whitehead game, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, Harding, they can only bring so much out of players before, you know, they decide, you know, is it worth throwing on the pitch? I guess. I don't know. Before they all chuck it away. I, I did yeah. mention something specifically there that added, like, you know, we keep talking about this whole added pressure and how you're planting a, a well-rounded game. Obviously, for a full 90 minutes, it would be a dream to see that be a yeah. possibility, but it's more likely that we might get 45 close to 60 minutes is what I'm aiming for here of, of, of a well-rounded game for America. Yeah. Now, Dylan, this is technically the fourth jornada, technically our third game in the league. Now, usually back in the day, me and you would say, okay, let's give it about five games and then five games, let's really start kind of bringing in the pressure and honing down on this team. Right? If, if things weren't going well, I think Dano at least had a point where he like had drawn maybe three or lost two or something like that. Like we were in just shambles, but I think we were yeah. not up in arms because we thought, okay, it's the first five games, we've had some friendlies in between. Like, let's not really, you know, think too much about it. We ended up getting to the semifinals, by the, by the way. But um, now I don't think it's the same thing because, Mm-mm. yes, it's the fourth game of the season, but in total, this is like your seventh, eighth game of the yeah, season. Like, exactly. Something, and, and I'm talking about competitive games. We're not talking about friendlies where you can make 15, 20 substitutions in between. We're talking about games where you were limited to those five, five substitutions. So, yeah, there's an added pressure to this that necessarily other coaches wouldn't get in the fourth jornada. And I think when Jardine was announced, there was this talk in the America fans saying, okay, let's give them the time. Let's give them, uh, you know, the chances to, you know, make mistakes, correct them, and this and that. And now, yes, you're in the fourth jornada, but you've had an amount, an, an abundance of games to kind of fill things out. And I get it. He didn't get a preseason. He came in last minute and... It is what it is, but he knew the task and responsibility that he was taking on, and he said it time and time again yeah. in interviews. So I know that he accepts the responsibility, so now I know that he needs to understand that, hey, woe is me is not going to fit, it's not going to go in, in this institution. Like, you understood the role, you took the task, and now you have to go out there and perform. And so my biggest thing is that you've got to make sure that whatever you do is you, you plant a good game and the right thing to get the result out against Atlas. And you know what? I think the biggest thing that has hurt uh, Jardine is the game against Puebla and the game against Nashville, where America looked like prime Brazil, as all the TikToks and as all the, the Twitter memes were going about it. I think those games hurt, him, hurt Jardine more than they actually benefited because now that expectation is there, and granted, it should always be there, but it's a little bit unfair because those same pieces are not going to be part of this puzzle against Atlas. So, of course, we're not going to get the same thing, right? Of course, it's not going to be that well-rounded, perfect game. You're not going to score those four goals off the bat. If you do, that's great. Great. You shut me up. I look like the fool. But the result was there. And I think that's most ultimately what all of us as a fans are looking for. 
is that result. And so coming into this other Jalisco, the most important part is making sure that you secure your weakest, uh, your weakest link, which is that center back partnership, that defense side of things. We'll talk about a predicting starting 11, but I th- I'm going to say it, I'm going to go with Lara in, the, in this situation. And then, of course, up top, unique and units to score and unique and units to kind of put to bed all those ghosts of those missed chances that he had in the Leagues Cup. I mean, they were terrible, yeah. absolutely yeah. terrible. The man needs to learn how to be onside. My goodness, if he gets called offside within the first 10 to 15 minutes, I'm going to throw my TV out the window. I mean, literally. I get so frustrated when he just gets caught offside. Well, I'm like, dude, you have been playing this game for how long? And this is your, your tactic. Learn, learn to read the line. Give the guy a yard or two because you obviously have that space. You have that speed. You have that advantage. So, Quinones scoring is absolutely vital. So, let's, let's, let's see what happens in this instance. But give me your predicting starting 11 here. Dylan, what, what do you think we're going with? Oh, man. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Making sure I got, I, I got it right. Kevin Sane. Kevin Sane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me make sure I got it right because I'm trying to trying to think of... Because we don't have Gasset, right? We don't have Gavisita. We don't have Pilargo. No think, yeah, no Henry. Okay. I'm trying to think because I would just realized, realized too, like, we got some players out. Um, so obviously I'll go with uh Malagon in, in net. Um I'd go uh Isra Reyes, Lara, um center back obviously. On the right, Kevin. On the left. Dare I put Fuentes there? I would, to be honest. Okay. I think I think Chaba yeah. has maybe exceeded his opportunities. So I would yeah. definitely put Fuentes. Put Fuentes there. Um, not, has isn't out, is he? No, 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 he's not out. Okay, I don't know why I thought he was. Um, so I'll go ahead and put Zendejas on the right, put Leo on the left. I put um, Richard, Diego, and then Quinones up top. All right. Okay. I like it. I like Chris's uh, starting 11 as well. He's saying Malagón in goal, which, by the way, I, I have a thing to pick with him because he did not have the best of Leagues Cup. I will say this. I, don't, I think he, he's getting that kind of slump in that second year spell. So I need him to step it up big time. Uh, obviously, Kevin, uh, Lara, Reyes, and then he's going Chava Reyes as well. And then Richard, Jonah, Valdez is the... Is the the midfield, and then of course Leo on the left, Sendejas on the right, Quinones up top. I'm going with something similar like that too. I think um, actually I'm going to give Brian Rodriguez the start, and I'm going to bench Sendejas, and I'm going to put Leo out on that right-hand side. I think it's worked the instances that Leo Suarez has had in, on the right-hand side. He had to unfortunately take up the responsibility of a center-attacking mid during the League's Cup, which a bit was unfair because of Diego Valdez's injury. Not to say that he did a terrible job, but he just wasn't a natural 10. Like he likes the the aspect of being able to play wide and, and kind of tuck in and you know whether it is a cross or whether it's a shot. He, he likes that opportunity. In the midfield and Roman has that number 10, things are a little bit different. So I think he's yeah. gonna go back naturally to playing on the right. And then of course I think we're gonna give Brian Rodriguez one more chance on that left hand side, which I think he didn't do a terrible job at it. I just think the ball needs to see him a little bit more and he needs to be a little bit more decisive when going in front of goal. 
Um, Quinones, like we mentioned up top, that midfield of Diego Valdez, Jonah, and Richard is probably the best and only situation you have because Vidal goes out. Do you really trust Naveda to be in that center defensive mid spot? Probably not. Yes. So you, so, well, that's just probably you, Dylan. Um, AJ would agree course, with that. Yeah, no, of course. AJ, AJ wanted to put um, Chucho Lopez in that center defensive mid spot. <laughs> no, he does. He wants him on the left. <laughs> I don't know, man. He would put him as goalkeeper if he could. So I just he lives and dies by Chucho. So well, <laughs> I know how that goes too. But um, ultimately, of course, the defense is the biggest question mark around. And um, I, I know a lot of people thinking Chava Reyes might get the start there. I'm leaning towards your direction, Dylan. I think it's going to be Fuentes. Um, and of course, Lara with Reyes. God bless that man. Fuentes. Dude, I, I was looking back today at work. I was just kind of scrolling through our past previous squads and I cannot believe that he was with the team since like 2019. And I was like, Jesus, this man has been on a six month <laughs> extension for like four years now. Oh man. God bless that man, dude. Cause he, he literally, I mean, just, I mean, I mean, I mean, so yeah, shift. yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he has his moments like, yeah, like this dude just got burned. I mean, he has his moments, but like, then he just like, like you say, puts this in, puts in his shift and you're just like, Oh, like went this play. Like, didn't even mm. really notice because he just did his job and that was it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And these, these are the type of games where I think it's he comes in and does a good job and kind of just fades into the background and there's other things that kind of take away from the fact that Fuentes was playing. I can't remember what they said last time, but someone on uh, while we were podcasting was like, Luis Fuentes is like a 1998 Honda Civic. Like, you know he's just going to get it through. Like, like he's, 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 he's up there, but he's reliable. No, yeah, for real. Oh, man. God bless that, so. man. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then of course Kevin Alvarez, which I think has been the signing of the season so far for America, is mm. uh, what he produces up top is sensational. My only question is, what is he doing to help secure the back line? And that's my biggest yeah. question because uh, he was kind of at fault too because he got caught off in the Nashville game in in that yeah. second goal and that late equalizer. So there's things that we still need to work out there with Kevin Alvarez, and so. Again, really great player. I'm loving what he's producing for us uh, on, on on the forward side of things. Defensively, a lot of things to, to tweak. Kind of secure it. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things to tweak out right there and kind of cement himself, which is kind of the similar situation that we were with George Sanchez at one point, and maybe maybe Paola Aguilar as well. Respect. So Bob. those both. So those both things got sorted out. I'm, I'm expecting the same thing to do with Kevin. So he's my he's the least of my worries. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. Um, like I said, just been loving what the guys doing. Um, you know, it's it's great to see. You know, you just want to see more from him, and I especially do too. Um, I just want to see him, like you said, contribute a little bit more in the, in the back line and see what he can do. Um, um, especially whenever you, there's question marks surrounding it, and especially how much we criticize the back line. Um, we even criticize his back line even whenever it was like what one of the one of the best in the league um mm-hmm. conceding the less amount of goals i can't remember when that was but i think that was still like when Bruno, Bruno Val- yeah like Bruno Valdez was still there and everything but you know it, it's just it's just you know it's just he i think in a sense he's part of that question mark uh of this back line so even even though he's been so good he's, he's part of it at least a little bit he is maybe he has the least of attention because of what he's yeah, yeah. produced up front yeah. But there still should be some questions regarding as to what is he capable of doing to kind of hold off the, the attack. So, yeah. again, something to look out for in this game. But, again, that's going to be our starting 11. 
Hadin is very much a, a very direct guy when it comes to his style of football. He wants to be very possessive and he wants to be direct. Although that's the one thing that I will criticize this America side is that they're still trying to learn how to be direct. There's instances where I think they're still a little bit reluctant to kind of make that forward pass and they rather reset. Sometimes I think I'm just traveling back in time and watching Solari Ball, although it's a little oh bit more fast paced and it's a little bit more direct in instances. So it's not necessarily like for like, but there is a lot of similarities as to where you have the likes of Richard placing the ball to reset or Fidalgo resetting the ball or, you know, your, your fullback kind of resetting and i need a little bit more of an engagement i need need players to try to take on players and kind of high risk high reward in that situation so i think that's what hiding is trying to go for i know that we have the players to do so so i want to see a little bit more of that improvement against atlas i don't want to see a very conservative america side i want to see a very aggressive america from the get-go so an early goal would be absolutely fantastic. Then managing the game properly is important. But I think America scoring within the first 20, 25 minutes of the match, I, I know it's necessarily not necessarily the earliest, but to give ourselves that time frame, I think would be beneficial for the team, especially after everything we've endured in the past you know, month or so with this whole League Cups campaign. Um, and it, does, it, it probably sucks that we are also on the road for this game, but the, yeah. the team has been back for like a week and a half now. With their families back at home training, so they should not be homesick anymore. They should be ready, focused, dialed in, and good to go. So, what else do you want to see from this America side from from minute one, Dylan? Um, like you said, how how did they bring out that Brazil style play? Like, <laughs> like I want to see rainbow flicks. Yeah, I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, but like you said, like you know. Uh, like how you put it, like he he's we've seen flashes of how good this team can be, and you know I I definitely want to see that again. You know I I wish I wish this was the game a game that uh, Henry was available because seeing him and Quinones play together, you know is is really great, and I wish I could see that for this game, but obviously not. So um, I, I just want to see these players to be able to communicate because obviously um, some of them have been together for quite some time, and obviously you plug in Quinones, and you know Quinones has been here for a little bit, you know, so I guess, I guess I want to see a step in the progression of like communication with these players and, you know, how they play together, you know, just kind of being on the same page with each other in terms of like, like, Oh, I know he's going to be here, you know, so I, I can pass the ball here or, you know, oh, he's going to make this run. So I need to be ready and you know, kind of time to pass or whatever, you know, just, just those things too, because, you know, it's, especially, like I said, you're putting Quinones in, um, you know, it's, it's, it changes things a, a tad bit, you know, especially for some of the players that um, are still trying to use them. So just taking this next step in communication with the the team and just being able to play, you know, some clean football up top, um, especially trying to get Quinones the goal. Like you said, I think I, I, if they score in that 20, 25 minute mark, I hope it's the Quinones goal because I feel like that's going to make a world of difference in knowing that um, the team knows that if Quinones scored, then like we can go out and go do it again. Absolutely. And I think, obviously, <laughs> like Kevin said, right? The Quinones Derby, all eyes are going to be on him. Like, yeah. let's see, let's face it. Th- this game is solely centered going to be uh, on Quinones and his return back to Atlas and, and the Estadio Jalisco. So if we're going by, quote-unquote, the lay that X, then you expect this team, I mean, this player to score against his X team. And like you mentioned, and if it's in within that time frame, it helps boost the morale 
And I think he needs it, to be honest. I, no, yeah. I, I think he's dreading it. And then you saw how much it meant for him to score that yeah. penalty against Nashville. So I think he knows that he's in debt with not just himself, but a little bit with the fan base because he's missed so many opportunities that have that could have changed yeah. the game. And so I think he knows that he has huge responsibility on, on, yeah. on his shoulders to mm-hmm. carry the mantle and the baton that Henry Martin has temporarily left for him to carry. Right. Yeah. Once Henry's back, it's a whole different story. Yeah. And I love the way that even though, like, obviously, like uh, you said, he's indented, indebted with himself and with the fans for, you know, not scoring the chances. Um, I, I'm, I like to see how it hasn't really affected his game. It hasn't really affected his play, his form, that he's still going out there and playing the best he can be, even though he's not scoring these chances. I mean, granted, like, you know, that is really some the greatest to say because you want him to score, you want him to put away, uh, the ball in the back of the net, but you know, it, it it's good to see him and not affecting his form in a sense too. Absolutely. And he needs to continue kind of have, having that strong mentality and mm-hmm. knowing that, okay, I, I know I've kind of maybe made some mistakes, but next game or next chance, it, it's an opportunity for redemption. So I think yeah. that's important. Jason asking any transfer updates. We actually talked about it a little bit earlier, uh, Jason, uh, literally nothing, nothing, no updates, no concrete updates. I know there's a lot of rumors, and we mentioned the whole Montes thing. Obviously, we, oh, we forgot the Walker Zimmerman update. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's a good one. The, uh, Walker Zimmerman, um, buy or sell? Sell. Same. So I don't like it. I don't think mm-hmm. it's it. I don't think he fits. And I've gone back and forth with Chris, and Chris can attest to this in the comment section that I am not a Walker Zimmerman fan. Um, I know he scored against us in in in, in League's Cup. I know that. He just looks like he can be this great, amazing player. But I promise you, he's going to bend and fold in the League's Cup final. And he's going to be one of the reasons as to why Nashville loses that game. And, and I, you can quote me and you can find me. My ad is right there. You can tweet at me. If, I, if, if Walker Zimmerman scores the winning goal to give Nashville, I will gladly go on record and say, and, and, and make a video saying, Walker Zimmerman, please come sign for the second. Gonna... So. <laughs> Clip this, somebody. put it it on tiktok wherever you want to put it expose me in that sense but i promise you he's just he's not america caliber okay so and and really there there's there's really no rumor as like there's really nothing concrete there's no there's no actual reporter saying that we're looking into it it's just people on twitter saying that we should go for him yeah (laughs) that's really what it is yeah so it's just, I, I don't know, the Zimmerman mania going on with the, the America Twitter uh, community. So that's just that. But uh, thank you for the question, Jason. And uh, well, I think we've talked enough about this game. Obviously, there's a lot on the line in regards to this kind of continuing a good run of form or trying to build up to a good run of form for Harden and this America side. And we'll see what happens on Sunday. So Dylan, all I think I have left for you to say is what is your prediction for Sunday? I'll take a 2-1 win. 2-1 win. I like it. I like it. Kevin saying uh, La Zorra's zero and then uh, three to the Super Birdies. So he's going, he's, Kevin's very optimistic there. Going 3-0. I, I, he, I don't know way too at this Jalisco where yeah. there's, I don't know. He probably has a Quinones scoring all three for the Mexico City Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt about it, Kevin. 
Chris going with uh, also a 2-1, similar to what you're saying. Um, I'm going to be the bearer of bad news, and I'm going to go, and I, I wrote about this on my article for Last Word on Soccer. I'm going with a 2-2 draw here. I, I think there's going to be goals on both sides of directions. I just... With Gasset out, and with a lot of questions looming as to who's going to be the center back, we've seen Lada kind of lose his mark, even in that center back spot. Mm. I think that there's stuff to be worked on. It's not to say that we're, not, we're going to have a bad game. I think we're just going to have bad moments that are going to cost us yeah. in certain situations. So I'm going to go 2-2. I'm going to go 2-2 for America. Obviously, trust me, this is the one time I want to be 100% wrong. I mean, if America ends up winning at 4-0 and I look like a fool, so be it. I mean, I've never looked like an expert in the five years we've been doing this. Going, so. <laughs> oh, I got a question for you. So mm-hmm. how, how, long get, or how long or short is your lease for a lot of if you start to center back? Look, I think it all depends on on himself, to be honest. I think he's he's either extending that lease or shortening that lease game by game. So if he goes out there against Atlas, secures himself a clean sheet, give him another three games. If he makes one mistake but ultimately didn't cost us the game, maybe another game. And it's just instances, different moments. I want to be optimistic. I want to say I want to give him two, three games, but with the way things are going right now, we need a quick fix. And if he can be the solution, great. If not, then sorry, kid. Gotta look, gotta look elsewhere. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, obviously, playing right back and center back are two different things. But in the group, <laughs> you're not ever afraid to go after him. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I want to. Curious to see what happens, but I'm, I'm we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Going, uh, Israel, right there, Israel will be there to uh, clean up for him when he makes a mistake. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you know what, Israel Reyes is as great of a defender he is, he's still young, he still has a lot to learn, he's still lots to grow and to show you showcase how good he is already. Imagine what, what that means, but you can't put it all on him either. Jason's saying 1-0 or 1-1. I feel like America is still very much lacking at the center backs, and I think his concern is just as big as mine. Yeah. Um, That's why we should have went for Ramos. <laughs> That's why we should have thrown everything at Ramos. That's why players should have said, it's fine if we don't get paid for the next three or four months. <laughs> just bring us a center back. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, what do you pull all the funds? I mean, you sign Ramos and you charge your VIX plus like another, like, He's 20 bucks just to sign up for VIX Plus instead of like $6.99 that the price is right now or something like that. So. Could be. Yeah, it could. Yeah. What if what if, a, what if America just gave him like like the Mercedes deal? Like, yeah, we don't need it. Take it. <laughs> like, here, Mercedes, you pay him now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just change the routing and, and the bank account that the Mercedes pays to and just automatically dump it into Sergio yeah. Ramos' bank account. Yeah. You need a new Mercedes? We got you every six months. <laughs> there you go. Throw in a Fiat just for the fun of it. Yeah, there you go. Fiat, yeah. Oh, Godly. Well, I mean, God forbid that actually happened, but hey, who knows? Midwestern Cholo saying uh, two to one last minute goal from Mozumbito. Wow, now that's something outrageous. I like, I it. Gotta... I like yeah, it. There you go. Mozumbito comes in for Quinones. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <scoring this> game. <laughs> 
<laughs> Imagine, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Midwest and Cholo. Great, great, great prediction right there. Um, anyone else want to make a prediction before we wrap it up here? Please do so. We'd love to share it on here with you guys. Um, but that pretty much wraps it up here, Dylan. Obviously, keep an eye out. Game's going to be on uh, Sunday at Desa de Jalisco, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Um, so don't worry. No need for that Apple TV subscription. You guys, I'm pretty sure, all canceled it by now already. So no need to, to worry about that in that sense. And so we'll see what happens. Um, but of course, America is in desperate need of three points. And a win like this is definitely going to be crucial. So Kevin's saying that he's actually going with a 5 0. Pinon is all five. So <laughs> all right. Uh, I all like right. it. I like it. I like it. Uh, Jason saying, um, gosh, Ramos would, would make Ramon Juarez a god at center back. And who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe, or maybe if Ramos would have came, Juarez would have just been the guy to like pick him up and like be his personal chauffeur, show him around and carry his bags and stuff like that. Could have been. Could have been a different life. Um, oh, yeah. Kevin saying, uh, the club announced Mosu's brother passed away. Yes. Um, unfortunate and our condolences to him and to the family. So uh, I'm sure that he probably is not going to be in the mindset. So maybe Monsumbito doesn't fly out and we see Salas instead. But again, we'll see what happens in that Lozano. aspect. Lozano. No, Lozano's in Spain, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Which, that's by how the way, he I've debuted. Been. Yeah. Yeah. He, deb- he debuted actually in the second, uh, in the second division with, with um, Sporting Gijon. He's actually um, teammates with, um, uh, what's his name? O- o- Otero? Um, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So oh, that man. I forgot about still, Otero. Still flourishing to this day. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, Dylan, that pretty much wraps it up here for us. Uh, anything else you want to add before we kind of wrap it up here? No, just uh, hoping for a good game. Uh, for America on Sunday and hopefully walk away with three points because three points are desperately needed. Desperately. We need to start climbing that table. It's, and I, I know people will say it's early in the season, but we talked about the fact that America needed to start strong in, in, in the first kind of, you know, first couple of games because then you have Nakaxa, so that has to be another three points. So again, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy task, but after the Nakaxa game, there's really no other game where you can start slacking off. So, you guys start picking up the points now or else it's going to bite you in the butt. So hopefully America is capable of kind of closing that gap and securing all three points in that sense. And we'll see what happens. But um, all right, that pretty much wraps it up for us here, guys. Thank you so much for coming out and talking all things Blue America in English. Like I said, make sure you guys follow us over on Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you guys subscribe to wherever it is you guys listen to uh, the podcast, where it's Apple, Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever it is. I don't I don't even know. Apparently, Amazon got in touch with us to put our podcast on there as well. So, who knows? You guys might see us on Amazon Music, too. So, we'll see what happens in that sense. And uh, thank you again, guys, for all you guys love, all your support. We'll be back next week to talk all things America in English. With that said, you guys have a wonderful time. Take care. And as always, Arriba la America. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. 
Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen. 